Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. It's Football Boys hanging out with you guys for New Amsterdam Radio with the podcast for creatives. Season four is about to wrap itself up, and uh, I just want to give a little bit of a sneak preview of what's going on at the end of this season. Episode 100, we'll be doing a Q&A episode over uh, all the things that you ever wanted to know about podcasting or me personally and this show. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit me up and ask me your questions. Creatively speaking, you can do that by uh, messaging the show on Instagram at new Amsterdam or on Twitter at new underscore Amsterdam, or you can leave a message. If you are a anchor user, just let me know what you think. Drop a voicemail. I'll definitely answer anything about the creative process, but someone who's all about the creative process, is my guest on this very special episode. Stephen Willis, a.k.a. My Eclectic Self, has been making music for years, and his music is pretty dang good. I was telling him off-air that one of my favorite tracks of his is one called Evergreen. You should check it out when you have a chance. But we talk about his newest release, Fault Lines, and his process when it comes to creating musical content for your ears and more. So my chat with my eclectic self is one for the ages, and it's happening right now. But before I do that, though, I have to do a little bit of a do before I say no more further ado. Make sure you follow the show at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on Twitter and NewAmsterdam.com. Learn more about this show and all the other shows that I'm a host of. My chat with my eclectic self starts now. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creators. It is I, the mayor of Level Boys, in the mayor's office. A little bit after hours here. Daylight savings time, not so much daylight at all. And, you know, I've been into the whole thing about trying to expand myself as an individual. I've been reading more. I've been working out more despite my gut, but I've listened to more music. And my guest today is definitely in that music space. Please welcome Stephen Wallace, a.k.a. my eclectic self. How's it going, sir? It's gone great. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. You got us off the top. My eclectic self. That is a mouthful, but I like the fact you're just unapologetic about it. What made you decide to pick that as your name? Yeah, it was a, kind of a funny story. It was, I, I chose it in high school. Like I knew, um, I, I just started writing, you know, my own music um, seriously, because I've written music, you know, just for fun prior, but I really actually started writing seri uh, music seriously my, my junior year. And it was around the same time that I needed a, a, a name for an essay uh, for English. And it was like a personal essay about yourself. And I was like, I don't know what the heck to name this thing. And then I was like looking in the mirror one day and it just kind of hit me like my eclectic self. Um, and I was like, that's like perfect. It really, it, it, kinda, it really fits with, with um, who I am and my tastes and different, a, vi a variety of different things. And um, people seem to like it, even though it's it's a little unique. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, um, I love it. So, you know, when I was uh, on the show uh, American Idol a couple of years ago, we would like interview some of the contestants and they would say, you're going to Hollywood. We'll whisk them away and we'll ask them, hey, why do you think you're going to be the next American Idol? And they would say the same question, the same answer. They would say, well, I can sing anything. 
And I'm like, well, that is not saying about ability, but I do think eclectic self kind of lends itself to not necessarily singing anything, but singing different things with purpose. And so the question I have for you is, is there any genres that you gravitate towards more when you're crafting your own music over the others? Um, so that's probably another story in and of itself. I mean, I <laughs> we got started... time. Well, tell me. <laughs> um, I mean, I started singing in church and, and whatnot, and that's uh, where it all began. And then, um, as I as I got older, um, you know, maybe junior high, high school, I, I started. You know, I've I've always liked different types of music. Um, yeah. I've never been stuck with one genre. Um, and you know my tastes have evolved as I've grown, but but I've still always gone back to other things that I that I used to like, or or even been open to things that I, I don't really listen to all, all the time. And my uh, my training actually it was I, I went it was uh, I was enrolling for high school, and I just started playing the, the guitar uh, mm -hmm. about six months uh, prior to that, and I was wearing my little Fender guitar shirt. And at the time I, I wanted, I thought I wanted, or I, I did want to join the choir at my, at my high school. But, you know, being like a young, um, you know, insecure, like not really knowing, you know, uh, not sure of myself. I, I didn't know if I really wanted to, to actually do it. And it just happened that I walked in there with my Fender guitar shirt and the choir director happened to be there the day I was dropping off my, my registration. Yeah. And, and so that's how I ended up um, doing choir. And um, I, I never quit after there. I was, I, I went on to, I stayed with her even, even after I graduated. She, she also did, uh, um, directed at a, um, at, the, at the local community college. And then I went on to uh, join a professional choir for a couple of years too. Yeah. Was there a, a particular moment when you said this is going to be a career path? Was it like organic? Was it kind of like not an overnight thing? Would you get on stage one time and go, this is the moment I'm in? <laughs> I, I always wanted it to be, you know, growing up. Uh, I was always really, I, I would, I would, you know, for hours um, just like listen to the radio and like, I, I really, you know, um, that's what I enjoy doing. And it, it was never, it wasn't until much later that, that I got the idea that like you're supposed to be, uh, or it's normal to be nervous going up and singing in front of people. Um, that was like a foreign concept to me for for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've experienced that now, but even so it's it's very, it, it, it feels like a very natural thing for me. Sure, sure. So is that like the element? Is it more working with a crowd? Is it more writing the songs? Like, do you feel remote yourself there with people or in your solitude area? It's, it's, uh, I, I can go both ways. I, I, I would say what I enjoy more is, is being um, in front of a crowd, for sure. Yeah. And uh, you're based out there in Arizona. Are you an Arizona original? Are you a native? Um, I was more effectively, I moved out here when I was three from Washington, D.C. So, yeah, yeah. How has that upbringing influenced your work? Well, um, you know, I was very fortunate, like I, I said, you know, to be, um, to to uh, find myself in, in choir. But I also, I would say the most the most impactful part of my upbringing was, was the fact that I ended up going to that specific school and being in that specific choir uh, because it, it's, it's uh, the best in, in the state, really. Um, and so that 
when I go back and think about, you know, what really made me the musician I am today, it was being in that choir with that amazing director and, and learning from her what it takes to, um, or, or the, the type of dedication that it takes to be the musician or whatever you might be doing that, that, that you want to be. Sure. What's uh, something people get wrong, though? Like, people think that it's very easy. Oh, yeah, you just go on stage and don't do the song. Are you still doing the music thing? Are you still doing the thing? I, I bet, like, it's a craft. You have to work on it. What do people get wrong when you try to describe what you do? Yeah, you know, that's actually an interesting thought. Because I definitely, music always did come easily to me. So it wasn't, I don't want to say I never worked on it, because that wouldn't be true. True. But it, it, it was it was never something to, I guess, it's something that came naturally. So to be better at, you know, your average person, you know, it, it was always, you know, very, it, it was never a challenge. And then when I joined that choir and I started to see other people that were like me, um, who who were, were just as into it as I was, um, that's really where that came on. So I guess... I don't know if I've had really an experience where where I haven't um, where someone's gotten it wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they do, but it's 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 just uh, I I guess it's kind of the nature of being creative and, and doing something that um, can be misinterpreted. I suppose. Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of times, if if you work on something that is creative it's very easy i don't want to say to dismiss but it's very easy to put in a box and go oh you do yeah that. but but like it's a lot more than that it's that plus you know yeah addition to. Uh, I, I was actually perusing uh, is that where i could use uh liberally i was yeah. perusing your youtube channel uh, youtube.com slash my click self and uh there's a lot of songs you come up with that actually had music videos so Walk me through this. I mean, music videos are a challenge, uh, especially Absolutely. at any budget. But like to be able to visualize the, the part of a song, like how do you approach that? Um, yeah. So, complete accident. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> it, I I started uh, you know back when Vine was a thing. I started oh, wow. you know I started having fun with vines, and I and that's where I started like editing these little six second clips. And I, I did it a couple times where I was like kind of happy with it, and I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. And I had just released my first single, which is called Armor. And I thought like, yeah, why not? I could try to make a music video. So I, and I had this little cheap, like $100 camera or something. And I called a friend of mine and was like, hey, uh, can you, you want to help me shoot this? And he agreed. And we went to this little tunnel that we used to go like hang out at. And we shot it there. And, and that one, in particular, I still think to this day is the best like conceptual music video, as far as like it fits with the song. It's it's, right. it's a very deep song about like challenges um, that you know I that I went through. Or and, and it's uh, so the whole music video, the, being in the tunnel and walking out of the tunnel is kind of a metaphor for those challenges. Sure, yeah. It ends. When you have a song and you're looking at a music video thing, I know some of your videos, your vlogs, actually, you say, hey, look, I found a location for my video. Is it one of the things where a location will speak to you? Or is it kind of the opposite where you're like, oh, I have a song in my mind. This song has to have this in it. Let me go find that. Um, well, that that first one definitely did. It was like that location was perfect for that song. Yeah. Um, 
ever since then, you know, I did one, my second one, I did just because it was fun um, when I was on vacation in yeah. the Netherlands. We'll talk about that next, yeah. Yeah, and then I did it. I did actually two of those there in, in the Netherlands. Um, but the, the first one was actually a complete, it, I, I wrote the song in Dutch because I started l- learning Dutch at the, at the time. And that one was, was uh, I don't know, it, it's crazy thinking back to these things because it's like, I really did that. Like I, like, I thought that I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? That's part of the growth, man. And, you know, I, I will, yeah, I, I will have to say, um, you know, it, when it comes to music, I'm, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, to be the very best. And when it comes to videos, I found at times, you know, I have a little more fun with it just, just because I don't, I don't put the pressure on myself. You know, of course I want to make a good, you know, professional looking video. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not constantly, you know, thinking like I have to make this the best it possibly can be like I am with my music. Why do you think we put pressure on ourselves as creatives? Um, for me, I think it's important. Like I wouldn't have it any, any other way. I mean, okay. I, 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 I want to be the very best. So mm-hmm. w- without that, you know, there's nothing to, to, to work towards for, um, for me, for my music at least. Sure. Um, well, well, sorry, I cut you off. You're saying? Oh, no, I was just going to say it's, with with uh videos you know i i of course i want to i want to get better and and grow but um you know it's just i i I, it's it's with any any, anything that i learn how to do to support my music whether you know it's it's photography i've been doing that um getting better at that as well so i can shoot you know cover images or promo promotional stuff and and any, any anything that i do for my music is is uh um it, it's it's just different. The the process is different. The, the the process to improve is different. But at the heart is really my music. What I'm most focused on. I, this is probably a loaded question, and you could totally pass on it for not like feeling this. But like, I come from the world of stand up comedy. That that is that is the main. I do other things, obviously, but for me, that's the the creative path I am on. But I guess for stand up comics, the goalpost is pretty much advertise Netflix special own talk show, uh, touring comedian. Uh, when you're saying you're putting pressure yourself to be the best, what are you putting your pressure yourself against what? Other artists? Uh, what you think you should be in your career? Like, what, Where does it come from? So I, well, first of all, I, I think it's definitely a mistake at, uh, at times, um, especially especially as you, as you improve. A mistake to, to look at other artists and say, I want to you know, be exactly like that. I think you, I think you can set standards that, that way. Um, you know, somebody that I, you know, really inspires me, um, because she's, she's, she has set that high bar for herself is Celine Dion. Um, wow. Watching her perform, um, you know, just seeing just the, 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 the quality of, of what she does really inspires me to want to, um, to to emulate that in a lot of ways, but I think to to compare myself to to her, I I, I think is a mistake because I, I think you're always chasing you know a fantasy. You know you you only have you can only be as good as as, as your greatest potential, right? 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Whatever that may be. So any at any level, um, I, I, I think it's a mistake to 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 compare yourself to somebody else too much. Uh, yeah, I, you're absolutely right, but I mean, I still kind of do it. <laughs> I mean, no, that's really what I said. I was like, it's, it's hard not to. <laughs> like Kevin Hart money, man, come on. Uh, so you had mentioned before, uh, I mean, it's about me now. You mentioned this before about going to the Netherlands, which is funny because since the show is called New Amsterdam, which is a reference to my hometown of New York City, the third most popular audience of the show is the Netherlands. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, and I was watching your vlogs about that. And not only do you go to the Netherlands and make a video happen, the song's in Dutch. <laughs> How did that happen? How did, how did that come together? You gotta walk me through that. Oh, gosh, so I I'm I'm kind of interested in languages, and I really only speak Dutch. Um, you know, not fluently, but I, I that's the only language that I as as I learned it, I, I realized how much work it is to learn a foreign language, and it's like, do I want to dedicate myself that much to it? And um, you know, I probably will learn more languages, but you know, for right now, I'm I'm happy with Dutch. And when I started that that um, process, I, I knew at some point I wanted to write a song in, in Dutch. And that was a really fun and, and the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, so I was working at the time with a Dutch teacher online. And I, I, st I still, he's a, he's a friend of mine now. Um, and I kind of, I, I think I just Really, really, just started working with him a few months, and I, I came. I brought the idea uh, to him, and he agreed to help me. And so, what I I kind of got the the concept for the song, and then I wrote it out. I wrote it out. I think, yeah, I think I wrote it in English first, uh, just to get the kind of the idea on paper. Then I wrote kind of a Dutch, uh, a translated Dutch version. Um, and then I took it to him and he helped me kind of get some better translations for, you know, my, uh, 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 to go back to, to, to mean what I meant, what I wanted it to mean. And, yeah. and then I took both of those, um, and then I created like a third version and, or yeah, I, I went back and, and rewrote, wrote it in, in, in Dutch without translating it. And then we took both of those two Dutch versions um, the one that I had just written, and then the one that I translated, or we had translated, and then we we put one final version together. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's super challenging um, to be creative in a different language. Oh, it I was, imagine. yeah, it, it's it's uh, the Dutch are and that their 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 language is, is a lot more um, expressive in in a lot of ways. Okay. A lot of their words, I, 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 I've found that compared to Americans, they're, they're more willing to put themselves out there in, in, in a lot of ways. And that was a super huge challenge for me as I'm maybe being a little more coy with, with my lyrics, not saying exactly what I mean, but coming up with things that are a little more cliche. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm somebody as a writer um, who... I was always thinking, what am I saying? How can people interpret this? How, 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 how is somebody else going to think about what I'm saying? Right. And so that was a huge step for me creatively, where, where here I'm looking at these lyrics and I'm like, I would never say this in English, but I'm saying it in Dutch. It was, it was, it was very 
uh, a very unique experience that I, I am looking forward to doing again. What would be the next step? More Doug song? Another language of her funsies? Like what? <laughs> Where would you go there? Um, definitely more Dutch songs for now. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the I, I do love the idea of learning a language and then going and recording a music video, you know, in that country. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely got a, a unique. I, I, I love that in, in in the video I was able to get you know a lot of their culture there. You know, I was riding a bike um, in that video. And then my, my, uh, my Dutch teacher is actually in the video riding a bike over a bridge. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, there's a lot of fun that, that can be had there, but it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what has been, in your opinion, the biggest challenge of going into music now uh, with the whole shifting idea of how we consume our music? You know, we don't go to the Sam Goody or the Tower Records on Friday night. We just click it up and stream everything. I mean, what, what's been the biggest challenge for you as an artist? I began releasing music um, in, in 2015 and it, it was really, that shit had just, it was still in the process, but I think it had it just uh, like ended. Um, or like every, everyone was really jumping on board with Spotify and uh, Apple Music. And it's, I mean, it's constantly changing, but I, I think the big, the biggest plus for, um, start, for anyone starting out is um, it's lowered the barrier to entry, right? Like you don't need to get uh, a distributor to go into Sam, Sam Goody um, and Tower Records. I miss Tower Records. It, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was a good time. But, but you, you don't need need a distributor. I mean, and, and, and you like, or you do, but they're all online. It, it's it's lowered that barrier to entry, and also it's really, and this is a good and, and a bad thing. It's it's lowered the pressure to come out with an album right away. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's even it's even made it uh, not advantageous to do so, but just by the way Spotify's algorithm is is set up, um, which is why you see a lot of artists releasing you know four or five singles before they release their album. Yeah, the whole game has changed that way. It, sure. uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I I think for me the the biggest plus that that I, I is you don't. Like I'm, I'm, I'm someone who likes to be independent. Um, I, I so in that regard, I, I love being able to to do it all myself, and I don't need a record label. And I, I guess my my big goal is is to is, is to really put myself out there and and build sort of an organization uh, without a record label. Yeah, let's talk about the empire brick by brick. Recent release, Fault Lines, came out in 2021 this year, meaning we should all survive 2020. Uh, <laughs> how is that new release affecting you? How's it, how have you grown as an artist? What does it mean for you in this stage of your career, especially over the past 12 months? We won't go into why that was different. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I wrote that song. Was that a quarantine song? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. It was. It was the very beginning. It was like I wrote it in like March, April. And, and so... Uh, that song for me, it's it's been. I I mean I've I started releasing music in, in 2015, but but I really decided this is like it. Like I'm totally going here, doing whatever it takes, and this is what I want to do for as as a career. I, I decided that um, like 2018, I think. Um, might have been a little bit earlier than that, but. And, and and since then, 
that that song is, is really been like a culmination of everything that I've gone through and I'm continuing to go through. You know, the, the title of that song, um, it was something that I wanted to write for a while actually, because um, I just like the concept of like fault lines and I'm, you know, kind of shedding away all of the, the things that are holding me back, right? Mm -hmm. And, and becoming a completely different person. And, and that, uh, has, you know, for a while there, I was, I was literally, you know, I wouldn't recognize the person I was a month ago just because I was growing as a, as a person who, who was trying to, um, you know, become um, successful and, and doing whatever that takes, realizing that like, I have to change everything about myself in order to get where I want to go. Right. And, and so that's, uh, what that song is for me yeah and and i gotta ask as someone who dabbled into music not to compare uh because my music skills are like at zero um but i had a song i released last year at this time called alone the club it was because uh there was no comedy venues to do comedy at so i made a comedic musical song um this might be old hat for you, but that first song was nerve wracking because it was such a departure of what people knew me as that I was wondering that it would be like a bro, you tried, but this ain't it, Chief. Uh, how was that like for you having a digital release and telling your your network or your fan base, hey, look, new song is out? Is it does it ever go away that trepidation, or is it kind of like no, you know, you get you get a little heart skin, it's all good. <laughs> um, no, it, it really does. You know, every every release, it's kind of like a Um, you, you just really, there, there, there's a bit of anxiety there for sure. Um, maybe for various reasons. I, I could definitely see, um, you know, down the road, especially, I, I, I will run into that where, where I want to do something completely different um, than anything I've ever done before. Because right, right now, I mean, I, I have a pretty supportive audience. I, I don't think there's anybody who, who, who I've seen like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not into what you're, you know, you, this song is different. I, I don't like it as much. I, ha I haven't really experienced that too much yet. Um, but I, I could definitely see that down the road, especially knowing that I love to dabble in different genres and, and have fun with it. Um, I, I, I definitely I foresee that pressure in, in the future. Yeah. What do you have on deck for, for funsies, man? Are you not a music-making machine? Unless you want to be. But, like, what do you, how do you feel like growing as an individual, as a person, things you want to see, things you want to do over the next 12 months? I, I actually think I do want to be a music-making machine. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, like, like that's, it's, it's frustrating to me right now because working full-time, um, you know, I don't get to do that. All, all, all the time, and it's a necessity. And I'm obviously, you know, using, um, you know, the, my 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 job to fund my music right now. And but but I, you know, it's it's going to be a blast when I get to the point where I don't have to do that any, any longer. Yeah. And I'm I'm really, I, I have dedicated myself to to really pushing myself to to do that. Do you try to set time aside, like you schedule time after your day job, or is it kind of you wait till inspiration strikes? Like, how do you do the balance? What's your balance? Um, I, I uh, definitely set aside time. I it's it's sometimes it is hard to stick to it, um, especially if I'm just not feeling it. But uh, something that I think is really important for I, I think it's true for just about anything creative. But um, I found it to be true with with writing and, and with music. Uh, some of the best advice I've ever gotten is 
to stay in the room, right? So you sit down, and it was actually, this comes from a, um, an English professor at UCLA, I believe. Um, he wrote a book, his name is Ron Carlson. He wrote a book called How to Write a Story, or Ron Carlson Writes a Story. And in that book, one of the chapters, and I think it's a pretty short chapter, is just called Stay in the Room. And it's, it's kind of um, tells of this, this experience where he's sitting down writing and he's thinking about, oh, I would like to go uh, go to the kitchen and get coffee. Like, I don't really want coffee. I'm just kind of rattled. I don't know why. It's just, it's it's part of, you know, that creative process. But then you you go get coffee and then you want to, you look outside and you see your TV. You, you, you want to do all these other things. Um, but the, the conclusion to all of that was the best thing uh, that he'd ever written was written in the 20 minutes after the first time that he wanted to leave and go do something else. Uh, so I, I think um, as a creative, at least for myself, that that has been um, some of the best advice I, I've ever gotten. Well, dang, truth bomb. Stay <laughs> in the room. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that when I was in film school, uh, I was a, a film editor. And so a lot of hours are spent in the dark room, much like writing the movie, <laughs> editing the movie, uh, making things happen. And the things will, will come, yeah, oh man, I'm hungry or I'm sleepy. I can go for a walk. And what I ended up having to do as like a device was to, it's kind of weird now, but I used to wear surgical gloves because I knew if I had to suit up to edit, <laughs> it would take an extra step for me to, to get out there. But it's a very similar premise. Yeah, once you lock yeah, yourself in that room, you just keep going. I don't know. I was a word kid. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I got to say, Mike Lickensell, thank you so much for being on the show. New Amsterdam Marina, the podcast for creatives. It's been a great time to see your process and what you're working on. But I'm sure you're going to get some new fans after this chat. Where can they find you? How can they experience your music? And how can they tell their venues to have you come to their town? Well, um, my website is myeclecticself.com. And I'm at myeclecticself on Instagram and Facebook and uh um, yeah, my, my YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I do all, everything myself. So, so I've got my own, you know, booking and, and all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, ho hopefully I, I, I would love to start to start traveling around once, uh, once that becomes possible again. Yeah, fingers crossed it happens soon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how many languages you collect, but until then, that would be blast. <laughs> Traveling the world, learning a language, and singing them—that's awesome, man. <laughs> uh, yes, so make sure to check out my eclectic self. Uh, the new release, Fault Lines, is out right now. Whatever or wherever you consume your music, but definitely, it's going to be more on the horizon. I mean, Absolutely. come on. <laughs> uh, uh, my my next music video, just as a as a as a uh, pre. Uh, uh, teaser. It, I, I rented a car. It's a it's a Maserati. Say no more, fam. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> I am there. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time. This city is yours.